There we go. Hey, look, you know what? I'm on Catalina, but it looks like it's actually recording. I, I, I still can't believe you're trying out. and just hoping that it works you know what i'll tell you what it's doing it's recording the microphone but it is not recording the skype call although i've got QuickTime going in the background too as my backup it's fine i haven't used the skype call in probably two years Uh (laughs) literally never need it yeah i never do either i've always got that as belt and suspenders um i was yeah and i i've i've always got it as a i guess i guess you it's good to have as a reference file i suppose but I need a better, I think I need a better preamp with my microphone because I know I always sound really quiet when my recording is first pulled into any kind of software, but who knows? Yeah, that's fine. All right. That's fine. Well, hopefully the recording works. So what are you up to these days, Rob? Well, uh, well, I was thinking about, I tweeted about our birthday. Yeah, how about podcast. that? How about that? Four years. <laughs> that seems like yesterday but also an eternity ago as well i mean it's kind of crazy yeah it's uh it's a long time to be doing something it's longer than i've worked at max stories that is very true so yeah because you, your first article was i don't know we we definitely spoke about it it was it in sort of yeah it was in november i should go back and listen to that uh it is back it, I, so i started max stories in november 2015 but we started in well i guess it was in uh august of 2015 so yeah a few months before which yeah is- i mean i, I guess in th- we probably started a few weeks before the four-year anniversary because we i think we do, we do a couple of shows where it did we didn't release those yeah i think we did i wonder if those are still somewhere in my hard drive i bet that they are i've got that with app stories too i've got like one or two plus i have a a, a long lost interview by of someone who ended up becoming an apple employee and didn't want their interview released who will remain <laughs> unnamed but it is in the it's in the <laughs> it's in the vaults as well it was a good interview it's too bad it never saw the light of day well please at least for the vault just leave our first episodes in there because <laughs> <laughs> i think so too they're probably if I not that correctly that didn't go very well it wasn't quite as as easy as we were expecting it to be well it really wasn't until we we happened upon the captain sprinkles micro burger and every slice pizza hut promotion that we really hit our groove right i mean we saw that and we went oh right yeah this is the show this, I, this, it this is, is and well you about. know for our four-year anniversary i was hoping to surprise you having tried a popeye's chicken sandwich because you probably saw that people were very, very excited about this Popeye's chicken sandwich in America. Have you? Have you? Did you see the tweets about this? Oh, I've seen tweets from all sorts. I mean, I saw one about an hour ago. Okay, um, I, th- I thought you must have. Yeah, somebody's. I don't know. Was going quite a distance to get one. I don't understand what's happening, but I assume this is just a chicken sandwich. It is. It's a fried chicken sandwich, and Popeyes are a little hard to come by. I mean, they're not like you know, they're not like McDonald's or whatever. They're not on every block. But uh, I know Jennifer and Calvin went to go get, he wanted, of course, being a person of the internet, wanted to join in the fun and have a Popeye's chicken sandwich. So they drove there to get one, and they had sold out of their chicken sandwiches. This was just last, no, two nights ago. Wow. So this is, yeah. I, I'm really confused. Like, we have chicken sandwiches already. This is not a new thing, right? There's, 
what's it got like drugs in it or something why is everyone <laughs> so excited about this specific chicken sandwich it's a little hard to explain if you haven't tried for instance chick-fil-a have you ever heard of chick-fil-a which is another place in the united states it, I have heard of them, but I haven't tried it. It is also a fried chicken sandwich, considered to be quite good, quite tasty. Uh, I do enjoy a Chick-fil-A once in a while, but this was supposed to be on par or better than that sandwich. And I don't know. I mean, that's all there is to it. It's a fried chicken sandwich with pickles on it. Um, and I can't tell you much more than that because I've seen the hubbub about it, but I haven't had a chance to try it myself. So hopefully that'll happen sometime soon. I'm sure I'll be be asked to go back to uh to the Popeyes sometime it's just it's not a very convenient place for us to go there's like I said there's I can only think of one in the entire like suburban area relatively close to where I live so you have to kind of make a specific pilgrimage for it it's not like a mile down the road or anything it's a it's a bit of a drive Right. Okay. Well, I'd potentially look forward to your report, but maybe not. Well, you know, I when we we've been talking about the the fast food, and Joe Steele, I think, accused us of only talking about fried chicken, and it's true. I think two weeks ago we did talk about my fried chicken place on Route sixty six. We did. We did, and they make some fantastic fried chicken. I do not know how it compares to Popeyes. I will report back at some point in the future about that. Cool. Okay. Um, what is this refrigerator you've got in the notes? Because <laughs> this is... Well, I don't know. This just seemed like the the ultimate strange refrigerator. Because, you know, there's a lot of electronics that do all kinds of strange things in the kitchen these days. You've got Samsung refrigerators with tablets built into the door and that sort of thing. But this is a handy $4,400 LG refrigerator that makes craft ice for your cocktails now if you have looked at this video it shows this refrigerator making giant oh i just turned it on and it's very loud in my headphones uh it makes giant i don't know golf ball size spheres of clear ice it looks really good not worth forty four hundred dollars probably but it's kind of interesting i feel like forty four hundred dollars is like my entire lifetime budget for refrigerators <laughs> I, I don't ever intend to spend more than that in my entire life right buy this refrigerator and hope it lasts a lifetime right and and you know full well that just like everything it's going to last what three maybe five years if you're lucky yeah um, i like the picture where they have the picture of the inside of the refrigerator and it's full of brightly colored fruit and vegetables and nothing else uh, it's not like it's not like a normal human refrigerator, but it's no. It's not like a you know a packet of or you know a box of like leftover Chinese takeaway, and there's like a, <laughs> right. you know, some some milk that somebody's left in there too long, and something that just you're not really sure what it is anymore. That sort of right. Thing. Yes, but <laughs> I don't know. I I happened upon this this morning looking for links for the newsletter uh and this one this one did not make the cut for the Mac stories newsletter i'll have you know we uh we value our, our club members too highly to be telling them about uh craft ice so you dear listener you get it here instead <laughs> you get it here <laughs> <laughs> these are the these are the Mac stories remnants in, in a way things that i can't talk about anywhere else well i mean that's yeah that's kind of the point we can do what we want exactly exactly after four years i can say pretty much anything i want on this show 
And we know that Debbie will hear it too, right? Because Debbie, I'll have you know that I had the weird experience of Debbie texting Jennifer yesterday and saying she knew about things that were going on in her household from listening to you and I talk that uh, I thought was a little strange. But, you know, that's oh, no. that's some, how, how some of my relatives <laughs> learn about my uh, what's going on in my household is through a podcast. Sure. I mean, it, it's it's fairly limited, mostly to the basement area of your house. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. Rob, so, uh, yeah, go on. I want to tell me. I want to talk to you about a game that I've lost a lot of hours to, and that is Dead Cells. And I know that this is not a new game. I'm not. I'm not the first person to discover this game by any stretch because it's been on every platform except for mobile until this very day and it just came to ios it's got controller support and i spent the last two nights up way 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 too late playing this game in the name of research i'll have you know because i'm working on a game controller article that we can talk about a little later but oh, so you need, you need it for your work i That's... did need it for my work so <laughs> i was playing dead cells and this game is just unbelievable. It's kind of a retro, pixelated, oh, I don't know, Metroidvania-style game, action game where, you know, you, you, you work your way through these, crawling through these dungeons, killing bad guys and enemy, you know, monsters throughout the dungeons. And once you die, you die, you lose everything, and you start all over from the beginning. And I'm not usually a big fan of that kind of game, but this one is just so well done. The The levels are somewhat procedurally generated, not entirely, but somewhat, which makes it a little different every time. Some of the items you keep from death to regeneration, so it there is a sense of progress notwithstanding not having like lives that you, ha- that you can burn through. And once you really get, get a hang of it and the, and the strategy and tactics involved in playing it, it's just the kind of game that you can lose yourself in for hours. I mean, I've gotten good enough now that I, when I sit down to play it, it's before I know it, you know, at least an hour has melted away. And it's, you know, it's pushing midnight. And I'm thinking, oh, I was going to get up at five, wasn't I? <laughs> and, you know, and realize that that's not going to happen. Maybe but, I need to sort of text you every like few hours and just say, you know take a break yeah you, you should i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to use screen time or something because I've, <laughs> i i have decided to go cold turkey on it because i've got too much going on with the os reviews coming up that i can't like go to bed at one in the morning and then get up at five and start all over again so i'm gonna i'm putting dead cells away but i, I published the review today on mac stories and it's it's a really good game. It's, it is my favorite iOS game of the year at this point. And with iOS 13 adding support for the Xbox One S controller and the DualShock 4 controller from Sony, it's perfect for that because, I mean, it, does, it, it plays pretty well with touch because the controls are very customizable. You can change their location, their size, all that kind of thing. And there's a mode that works particularly well with with touch but on a big ipad screen with a controller this game is just amazing so did you um did you try out all the different controllers with this one game i I mean i assume you know part of your review is trying out all the different controllers you've got i have been collecting controllers for many weeks now and i have i think 
seven at this point. And that doesn't include, these are seven new controllers. These aren't like seven controllers that we had lying around the house. Those, that's a whole nother ball of wax. But I have, I have a Steel Series Nimbus, which is the oldie but goodie. I went back and looked when I bought that on Amazon, and it was in 2015, because I, you know, I have basically gone back and recreated the controller history on iOS, which was, believe it or not, I uh, game controller support on iOS came at the same time as iOS 7 six years ago. That is a really, wow. Yeah, it's a really long time ago. Now the Nimbus that you and I have didn't come out until 2015 because that was the controller that was designed particularly to work well with the Apple TV because the Apple TV didn't get controller support until they had until it had its own app store in late 2015. So right. we we yeah. ha- we held out. We held out a little bit. Those early controllers before 2015 were upwards to $100, which is, you know, significantly more than uh, Xbox or PS4 controller. Um so I've got the Nimbus, and the Nimbus is the controller, the poor, sad controller that sits in the bottom of a drawer, and whenever I want to use it, I either can't find it because I don't remember which drawer I put it in, or it's completely dead. Because, the, you know, game controller support on iOS, I won't go th- bore you with the whole history, but it's not been stellar. It's not gone particularly well. Between low-quality controllers, and the Nimbus is probably, it's good, what would you say if you had to describe to somebody, Rob, the quality of the Nimbus controller? What, how would you put it? Well, yeah, I'm just, I'm just got a little eyeball of it now. Um, I mean, it, it's fine, but <laughs> yes. the price that you know, I always think about the price we paid for them. Um, you know, because we we both bought them at the same time when the Apple TV came out and all of that kind of stuff, and I right. think it, it was definitely not worth that money. Not no. when you compare it to. The Xbox One controller or the the PS4 controller, which are like way better quality. Right. That's the thing is that like the Nimbus is good, but it's not great. It's a little chunky. It feels a little cheaper in the build quality compared to either Microsoft or Sony's controllers, and it has a list price at least as of today that's about five dollars less than an Xbox or a PS4 controller, but. Those two controllers are usually on sale for, I don't know, $40, $45, whereas the Nimbus is still regularly at around 50 which is kind of, it's just not, as you said, it's not worth it because you don't use it that often. And what I've found is now that I've been testing the Xbox and PS4 controller support for iOS 13 and all the other platforms, is that, you know what, there's definitely something to being able to use a controller that's already in active use in your house because the PS4 controllers sitting in my basement are always charged up. Somebody's usually used them within the last few days at a minimum. So they're always there. They're always charged up, and they're just really well built by Sony. And, you know, the Xbox One S controller is the same way. I bought one of those to try it, and... Sony and Microsoft just have a lot of experience building these controllers and they're super well designed and engineered. And it's just a matter of between the two of them, really a matter of taste. I personally like the DualShock 4 better than the Xbox controller, but they both work really well. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, to to the DualShock, I mean, it'd be nice if they put a battery that lasted more than two hours in it. 
<laughs> because compared to my Xbox controllers, the PS4, you know, I, I I barely play in at all, and then the battery dies. You know, even on newer yeah. ones, it's just the battery life is terrible compared to the Xbox One controllers. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, they they're a lot smaller, I guess. Too. There's there's more room in an Xbox for battery. I bet the battery is just bigger. Oh yeah, for sure. And then the PS4 has the the stupid light bar thing on the top. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. Which I just don't care about. Um, and I'm sure that that's wasting a lot of battery. Sure. It lets but, you, you know, it, it lets you know when you're connected really well. Yeah, there is that. And if you play Grand Theft Auto, when the police are after you, it flashes red and blue, which is quite cool. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I could probably do without that if I got a few more hours battery life out of it. All right. So the other ones that I've tried, there's the Rotor Riot. And the Rotor Riot is from a company that makes drone accessories and parts. Uh, so you can, it, it's it's one of these controllers that has a bracket on the top of it. You can put your phone in there, you connect it via lightning, and it sits perched atop the controller for playing the game. And the reason I tried that one was that with iOS 12.1, Apple added L3 and R3 support to the controllers so that you can, you know, you have the clickable thumbsticks now. Mm-hmm. There are virtually no games that support it, and this is the only uh, controller that I can find that supports it. Now, I suspect that really what Apple was doing in adding that support was not so much for the benefit of these third-party controller makers that make MFI controllers like the Rotor Riot, but was for in anticipation of getting Xbox and PS4 on board. But that uh, that is a possibility. And the Rotor Riot, similar quality to the Nimbus, I personally don't like, especially since I've got the 10R Max, I, the 10S Max, I mean, I don't like, <laughs> I don't even remember the name of these damn things. So I personally don't like having that perch on top of the controller because it feels really top heavy and it's kind of tiring to hold that way for a while. So there's that. Um, but for the most part, I've been just using the, the DualShock and the Xbox One S controller and testing, you know, I've been testing the Game Vice controller, very different beast altogether i think if there's anybody who survives anybody in the m5 controller space that survives the entrance of xbox and ps4 controllers it's going to be game vice because it's just designed to be different it's it's very much like a nintendo switch you know it's it wraps around the back of your phone or your ipad and has the controls on the left and the right hand side it only works really with landscape games which is most games but not all and uh, it's you know it draws power from the lightning connector and that's how it does the IO too, and that controller is different enough than the PS4 or Xbox controllers that I think they'll probably be okay. But for the most part, when I've tried all these, it's hands down much easier and more convenient and nicer to use uh, the DualShock or the Xbox One S controller. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't even really considered it until you just said it, but yeah, like, having the, the PS4 and Xbox support, I don't know how anybody could recommend something like the Nimbus. Um, I know 8-Bit DO, because they've, you know, they've kind of got that novelty factor about them as well, because they're kind of designing them to look like NES controllers or SNES or, you know, some of the other retro controllers. They kind of still have that selling point, but... The problem is they're all around that same price, and I think it would just be really hard to recommend anything except PS4 or Xbox. 
Yeah, it, it it's going to be really tough. And, and here's the thing. I mean, there's a I think there's a good reason that Apple has gone this direction and that Steel Series that makes the Nimbus, they have that uh, that controller came out in 2015. It has not been updated since. And Steel Series has put out a couple of other controllers for Android in the, you know, subsequent years, but they haven't touched doing anything new with iOS. So, it's it's already a marketplace that's pretty weak to begin with and i think that this is just going to be kind of a death blow for that kind of controller you know the 8-bit do controllers are definitely different in the sense that they are designed you know you can buy those to work with your nintendo consoles the the sony xbox you know they're designed to be just a replacement for your existing ones and as you said to be kind of a have a retro cool effect to them I've been trying some of those with uh, with iOS, and it's not something that's supported from a Bluetooth standpoint. Whatever it is, whatever, I'm not familiar with how it works to get these controllers to work with iOS, but you cannot get anything but an Xbox controller or a Sony controller to work wirelessly with an iOS device or tvOS or whatever it happens to be. And, and I should mention on the Xbox side, it has to be an Xbox One S controller because earlier controllers had like a proprietary wireless solution that does not work with iOS. It has to be those those newer controllers. Um, but I have been, you know, experimenting and plugging all sorts of things into my iPad Pro. And I will give everybody a little bit of a preview. You can get an 8-bit DO N30 Pro Plus which is the latest, greatest thing from 8BitDO that has... What a catchy name that is. It, it is. It's got an, <laughs> it's got an incredible build quality. It's a lot like a DualShock 4. Uh, they have different models. They've got like an all-black one, a one that looks like uh, the SNES, all those things. Um, it works wired, connected with a USB-C cable. And from reading Reddit, it sounds like the company is trying to get the wireless stuff to work too. So it'll be interesting to see if that pans out because I actually really like that controller. And especially if you're a household that only has Nintendo products, it would be great to have something that works both with your Switch and with all your Apple stuff. For whatever reason, Apple has not decided to support any of the Switch controllers. I mean, I can see where the Joy-Con would be kind of complicated, potentially but especially the pro controller it's really not different in its in the the number and types of buttons that it has than something by sony or microsoft so i i'd like to see it come to that as well but but who knows whether that's a technical issue a legal issue you know nintendo not wanting to do it i don't know but i would like to see the pro controller supported too because that that's become one of my favorite controllers too Oh yeah, absolutely. I re- I love the Pro Controller. Um, you know, again, I like I like all of the you know the the main three: the Pro Controller, the PS4, Xbox. But um, you know, I think Nintendo did a really good job with that Pro Controller because it it's solid. The the buttons kind of feel nice. I know some people have some problems with D pads and things. It's not something I concern myself with. It all seems fine to me. Um, but yeah. I agree with you. Like, it would be really nice to kind of just have, like, one controller that would work with everything. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. 
Yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, I've been watching, I've been looking at the frameworks and seeing how all this works under the hood. And it's really pretty simple. I mean, it's really, when you, when you look at controllers side by side, there are differences, but there are more differences in design than they are in functionality. Everybody's got, you know, a couple of triggers on each side, a couple of thumbsticks, you know, a, a diamond of buttons on the right, and a D-pad on the left, and then some option buttons. It's it's all just basically taking the buttons on Sony and Microsoft's controllers and mapping them to the M5 spec, which is what they've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I think I'd be, you know, I, I'm definitely going to give this more of a go once iOS 13 comes out because, um, you know, I'm, I'm up to my eyeballs in controllers and I'm not buying them you know, for a review and I've still got hundreds of controllers there. So um, I've got plenty of spares to give it a go. I think I'm going to start unloading my extras off on my kids at this point. I, I've I've settled on what I like the best. I like my my 8-bit Do N30 Pro Plus and my PS4 DualShock. Those are my my favorites. Yeah, I mean, if we yeah that that the the DualShock that you've got with the the crystal, it is yeah. really really nice. Yeah, that's my favorite, and I'm just keeping that one for myself. No no kids to you know muck it up or whatever and make it dirty it's going to be my my special ios apple tv <laughs> mac controller because that's the thing too i mean this this controller support is across the mac the apple tv and ios so this is that aspect of it is kind of new I, you know there's been the same framework to add controller support to games for apple tv and ios for a while but bringing that to the mac is different people have used different solutions on the mac in the past but I think this is all part of, you know, the Apple Arcade subscription that's coming sometime in the fall that will allow those developers. I don't know that they're required to have controller support, but if they do, they can use one framework and bring controller support to every version. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I played a game on my Mac a couple of years back now, and I used my PS4 controller. I don't really remember how that worked. Um, I guess maybe they just the game. Had PS4 controller support? I can't remember. Yeah, there's there's a lot of hacky solutions out there and different ways it's done. I don't do a ton of Mac gaming because, frankly, the Mac is just not designed to be a very good game machine. I mean, I gosh, what did I start up the other day? I, I started up Donut County a couple of weeks ago because that's a game that I reviewed a while back on Mac Stories, and I wanted to see how it performed on my, my newish mac mini which has the highest end specs and it immediately just got the fans roaring because the the graphics card in that is just not designed to handle it i had to down you know adjust the resolution of the images and it couldn't really do it full screen and yeah it's not it's not great for a lot of games no that's that's some breaking news for you the mac's not great for games uh. <laughs> i know that and that's the one Although, thing that i wonder know, about say, I, I think apple arcade is going to make a big difference to that i hope so but you know the problem is is that the description is one thing but the hardware is another and you know i'm not going to buy a, an eight nine hundred dollar egpu to plug into my mac in order to play simple games i mean that that's ridiculous. I mean, they've got to do a little bit better with beefier graphics, especially on the Mac, to make it work. Because right now, an iPad vastly outperforms a Mac in terms of playing games. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that kind of money you're spending on an eGPU, you could buy a PS4 and an Xbox. Right. Um, and, <laughs> you know, and the amount of games you've got access to there, you know, you've, you've got, 
obviously all the new AAA games, but then you've got the whole sort of back catalogue of all the digital games and indie games and that kind of thing. So, you know, yeah, it's, it, I mean, I assume there's not a lot of people buying a Mac to play games on. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Like if they, if they really want to push this Apple Arcade thing, they're going to have to do something. Yeah, and it looks like Apple Arcade is going to be about indie games, not about AAA, although there are, you know, there's going to be like a Sonic game and that kind of thing, but not like AAA games the way we're thinking of them, you know, like Red Dead Redemption or Control or whatever <laughs> whatever it happens to be. I don't think we're going to see a lot of that, and that's probably okay for now. I mean, I I, I really don't see any reason why Apple doesn't get into that market other than they don't understand it and and i don't know don't have the desire for it. It, it we're in a weird transition period where i was very pessimistic a year ago about gaming on any apple platform that it was ever going to go anywhere beyond you know i don't know the the usual you know free to play advertising supported mm-hmm. in-app purchase gem type of type of thing but Apple Arcade, the changes to the App Store, controller support, they've all kind of made me cautiously optimistic, although I'm super skeptical still because as we started out saying, these this controller support started back in 2013. I mean, it's been a long road and people were excited in 2013 and it really be, came to nothing. So I'm not I'm not tr- I'm trying not to get my hopes up too high. I I see the potential, but it's really going to there's there's so much we don't know yet about Apple Arcade. I think it's gonna it's gonna take a while before we really know whether this is gonna be, you know, uh, a reboot of of Apple in gaming at this point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, talking of Apple, I guess probably the next time we record is gonna be around. Oh, I see. It would probably be just uh, yeah. It's it's likely the event might have actually already happened. Oh, gosh. Um, because it's literally two weeks away. I mean, of course, if you're too busy, just let me know and we can, <laughs> we can <laughs> the, do something. Um, the sand is but, running out of my hourglass. Thanks for the reminder. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, we're breaking news. We're going to get iPhones. Um, but I don't know what else they're going to push at this event. Um, you know, because they've got the TV stuff. They've got Apple Arcade. Are these things even going to get time are they launching like nobody seems to really know um so yeah, yeah it's going to be an interesting you know couple of weeks and, and that event is is good assuming it's on the 10th which is i guess when we mostly think it's probably going to be right I, yeah i do think it'll be interesting i mean it sounds like certain things rumored are going to be in 2020 whether it's airpods or the home pod or whatever and i i kind of expect that we won't see max and an ipad until further into the fall i i think we'll probably get another october event yeah uh, you, you could probably be right especially if as you say if they've got an ipad or maybe max or you know that i think that the tv service has been rumored for sort of like november maybe so right. you know middle of october event would be kind of useful for that but i don't know i guess we'll see it's kind of exciting you yeah know, I, I, I like watching the events um you know and, and i try and the day before, I try and avoid rumors because no doubt somebody's going to find something somewhere. Um, yeah, definitely. But, uh, I I think we'll hear more about the services. I mean, it'll be interesting to see where all that all goes. I mean, I, I've really enjoyed following what's going on with Disney Plus, which is pretty crazy. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's some incredible value 
um, that they're they're pushing for the whatever it is seven eight ninety nine a month. Yeah, no, and and you know, I don't know if you saw, but they had this D twenty three convention in the L.A. area last weekend, and mm-hmm. they, and they had this great deal on Disney Plus, and now it's open to the public generally until the end of the week. And it works out. I mean, you have to sign up. You have to commit to three years, but it works out to under $4 a month. Right. I mean, yeah, if that was even open to me, I would have bought that straight away. No no question. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the process of doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I signed up for my, D, my D23 account just this morning, and I now have the offer in my in my inbox. Right. Well, on that note, then I will leave, I will leave you to carry on signing up with the for uh, for Disney Plus, which I'm not going to be able to access. Oh, I know. I know uh, they don't even have a date for the UK. I'm so sorry. Well, you know, you, you get some extra sharing accounts. We'll see if a VPN works. All <laughs> right, that sounds good. <laughs> cool. Um, oh yeah, I, I mean, talking of that, Jess showed me a trailer for some Christmas movie that's coming to Disney Plus that she wants to watch, and I said, well. We're out of luck because we can't get it. Uh, so you have to go to the you have to go to the Netherlands. Yeah, well, that's, that's only across the water. It's not too far. We could do yeah, that. Yeah, that's they have it. They have it there, and they have it. In, they're going to have it in Canada, I think, and then shortly after U.S., Canada, Netherlands, in New Zealand, and Australia. Yeah, well, don't remind me because I want it, but you know, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> cool. Well, um, yeah, I guess we'll. As we say, we'll probably be back in two weeks after the event, but that will, you know, depending on schedules and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I think we should be able to do that. No problem. Nice. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I guess we'll be back in two weeks then. Okay. Talk to you later, Rob.